to have you back here at the Such Things Podcast, where we talk about whatever is true, noble, right, lovely, praiseworthy, excellent, and all those other cool things from Philippians chapter 4. I'm David, and I'm so glad that you're with us today. Um, I'm recovering from the flu, so once again, I, I, I was taken out of the studio. Uh, good grief. Uh, I had the flu, me and everybody else in America, or at least everybody else here in Myrtle Beach. It has been spreading and going around this nasty bug, um, but feeling better today. I hope you're doing well, and if not, I hope you'll you'll be doing much better by the time we're, we're done talking together today. Um, get your coffee, get your Bible, and uh, let's take a sip here. I have a confession to make. There's a little bit of eggnog in my coffee here in the middle of November. I got to tell you, me and Lisa did have a little bit of a dispute when she came home from the grocery store with eggnog a week or so ago. I said, no, this is not right. But uh, she said, look, if we don't enjoy it now, by December 26th, they remove it. It's like it disappears. It's gone from the shelves. Um, and so we got to enjoy it now. And I don't know about you, that this ongoing debate. Um, do you drink the eggnog? Do you put up the decorations? It's the middle of November, people. It, let's celebrate Thanksgiving one holiday at a time. You know, I, I'm like, I'm one of these people that like, you know, for me, Christmas kind of rolls through Christmas into New Year in the first week of January. It's like fun and family and football and food. And I don't know how football got associated with sweet baby Jesus, but that's part of my celebration of sweet baby Jesus. Um, So anyway, you think what you want. I'll think what I want. Just know that I'm right. And Christmas celebrating doesn't really begin till Thanksgiving and it goes through New Year. But but I can't I can't condemn you because here I am drinking coffee with some eggnog in it in the middle of November. All right, that's not what we're here to talk about today. Maybe you've already tuned out. I hope not. The Bible says in Psalm 109, verse 31, for he stands at the right hand of the needy to save their lives from those who would condemn them. Hey, maybe we need a prayer. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for this time to read your word. Thank you for this time to have some coffee with eggnog, to agree to disagree about how we celebrate the birth of your son, Jesus. But God, thank you for the Bible. Thank you for the way you teach us. Speak to us right now through your word during this podcast. God, encourage our hearts. Lord, be with us, God. We want to be near you. We want to be close to you. We want to learn, to grow. And so God, uh, please, I dedicate this this podcast to you, to your glory, asking you to, to speak right now. In Jesus' name, amen. For he stands at the right hand of the needy to save their lives from those who would condemn them. Do we think of God as the one who stands against 
or as the one who stands beside? You know, I, I got to confess, I think, I, I know that God is at my side. I know, as it says here, that, that, that uh, he wants to save their lives from those who would condemn them. I know God is not condemning me. I know that in my head. But what I'm learning is that like in my heart, how I feel about myself and, and my achievements, if you will, or my, you know, what I'm doing in my life, um, I think if I really look closely at what I, you know, sometimes you believe something, you know something to be true. But if you look at how you feel or, or, or you know, I look at like my frustrations, it, it, it betrays my true beliefs. I think I, I tend to see God on his throne, and I and he is, and I worship him for that. And but you know, you know, God's on his throne and I'm bowing down and, and worshiping, but but what I see in this scripture and so many others, the, the amazing picture of God, the God of the Bible, is that he is the God who steps off the throne, off of his throne, stoops down, and in fact stands beside us. It's almost inconceivable. This is unique among world religions. Let me read it again, Psalm 109, 31. For he stands at the right hand of the needy. God stands at our right hand, when we're in need. It even rhymes. He stands at your right hand. Recently, there was a, um, a news story of uh, a man who smashed the previous marathon world record. Uh, a Kenyan by the name, I'm going to butcher his name, Eliud Kipchoge. I used to be a, a distance runner, never ran a marathon. Um, this man ran 26 miles in two hours, one minute, and nine seconds, slicing, slashing 30 seconds off the previous world record, which was also his world record. 30 seconds faster than any man had ever run that distance, as far as we know, in history. But get this, get this. He has actually run even faster. He has run Previously, a couple years ago, a sub-two-hour marathon. He broke, he did the un what was previously unthinkable for a man to run a marathon in under two hours. He did it. You say, well, then why, is, why wasn't that the record? It didn't count because when he did it, he had people running beside him, rotating teams of people helping to pace him through the race. They set it up with perfect conditions on a perfect day with teams of, of people, teammates, partners, taking turns running beside him to pace him. So that didn't count. We all know that he did it, but it doesn't count. <laughs> it, it's amazing what can be accomplished with a friend at your side? And when I read this line, he stands at, at, the, at my right hand, 
Psalm 109. I, I like to wake up in the morning and before I get out of bed, I reach my phone, you know, my alarm is on my phone and it's so easy to jump right in and, and start checking stuff. And I confess I do that. But I've tried to make it a practice where before my, my feet hit the ground, I get out of bed, I, I read something on my phone from the Bible, and you, and generally a psalm. So it was probably, I don't know, a month earlier this fall, this was my psalm. And it grabbed me. It was, he stands at my right hand. God wants to run beside you. Man, how different does that change my day as I get out of bed to think, God's at my right hand. God's right here at my right hand. He wants to run beside us. But many of us, I'm afraid, are determined to run the race alone. So many days, we're out there running as if you know, on our own strength, on our own. Let's stop that, okay? Let's stop doing that. Let, let me let me share some scripture that, and, that I think is going to help you. All right, Joshua one. These are some of my favorite words in the Bible. Um, when I was a teenager, I was a young Christian, and I fell in love with the Book of Joshua, specifically these words. By the way, guys, while I had the flu, something awesome happened. My teenage son. Um, was baptized. Sammy got baptized. Uh, me and Lisa and our friend Jake, who's been mentoring him and discipling him, we we got to walk out in the ocean at me and Sammy's uh, surf spot. There were guys surfing up and down the beach, and we got to baptize him. It was awesome. So, oh man, anyway, such a blessing. God's good. So these are some of my favorite words of the Bible when I was a teenager, and they still are today. I'm liking this eggnog coffee, by the way. Joshua 1. God speaks these words to the young man, Joshua, after Moses has has died. And it's Joshua's turn to take on the mantle of leadership, to lead them into the promised land. Imagine what he's feeling, and God says, Joshua, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. See, this is, God knew this is what young Joshua needed to hear, needed to know. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I want you to hear God saying that to you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. 
Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. I will be with you. That's the difference maker. Over and over, this was God's message to his called servants in the Bible. It wasn't just Joshua. Go back and look at Joshua's mentor, Moses, when he was called from the burning bush and he was scared to death. And God said, Moses, I will be with you. Go look at Gideon when God called him to go rescue his people and he was scared to death. God said, Gideon, God is with you, mighty warrior. Go in the strength you have, in Judges chapter 6. Go look at Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah, when God called him in Jeremiah chapter 1, and he was scared to death. And God's response was simply, I will be with you over and over. This is the difference maker. It is not you or your task or your calling or your talent that is the difference maker. It is just this one thing. Who is with you? Who is standing at your right side? Who is standing at your right hand? Who is running beside you? And when it's God, that's what you need to know. I want to know if you're like me, I want to know the whole plan, how this is going to work out. You know, am I going to have enough money? <laughs> um, you know, but God says, no, I will be with you. I remember, I remember my campus minister, Shane, for a while, he, he told all of, the, all of us in our campus ministry, um, he had a practice in his morning, <clears throat> in his morning quiet time, he would take out his quiet time journal. And at the very top of the page, before he wrote down, you know, whatever he read in the Bible that day, whatever he learned, or at the top of the page, he would write in all caps, big bold letters, I am God's man at UGA. See, we were, we were at the University of Georgia. Go dogs! by the way. We're doing pretty good. God is with us right now in football. Please, God. But he would write, I am God's man at UGA. I am God's man on campus. And I always remember Shane sharing that with us. That's because he says, guys, that's what we need to know. That's what matters. That's the difference maker. Who's with me? I'm God's man. You know, and there's another key. Of course, he tells Joshua here, be strong and courageous. He says that repeatedly, but notice, notice here. God is with Joshua. God is with us, but we need to be with him. Did you see that? We got to stay with him. We need to stay in his word. He said, meditate on my word day and night. Do not turn from my word to the right or the left. God is with us. We need to stay with God. How's that going? God is, oh, God wants to be with you. We got to stay with God. 
But look, it's not just it's not just these Old Testament guys that got called into battles and stuff. This is in the New Testament. Let's go see what Jesus had to say. John chapter 14. Jesus has some some pretty cool stuff to say um, right before he's going to leave his disciples. He has this to say to them in John 14, verse 15. Listen, listen to this. All right, stay with me here. He says, if you love me, keep my commands. All right, that's what we were just talking about with Joshua. You know, stay with him, right? Stay in the word. Keep my commands. But, but just listen, we read on. John 14, verse 16. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you'll see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you'll realize that I'm in my Father, and you're in me, and I'm in you. We'll just stop right there. Okay, he's not just with us now. He says he's in us. In us, he says, I will give, the Father will give you another advocate. Advocate. Further down in verse 26, he says, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things. The advocate. Someone who will be with us, in fact, in us, the Holy Spirit. The, the Greek word here is, is paraclete or parakletos. I, I, I'm, I'm sure it's pronounced differently than that, but paraclete. It means someone who is summoned or called to one's side. Remember our key verse today. The God who stands at our right hand. The paraclete, the advocate, someone who is summoned or called to one side. It, that's what it means. Or it, 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 it's often a legal term, right? What do you call it? One of the, a word for a lawyer, an advocate. One who pleads another's cause in court. A counselor. That's another word for, for a lawyer. You call them your counselor. The older NIV used the word counselor here. Here in the newer NIV, it says advocate. This is an interesting word, an interesting way to think about God's Holy Spirit with us, in us. A, a, a lawyer, an advocate, a counselor. There's a, a story that I heard. It's, it's a sort of a modern-day parable. To be honest, I couldn't even tell you where I read this. I read it years ago. If someone listening remembers who told this story, who wrote this story, please write in and let me know, and I will give them credit on the next podcast. It may have been like one of these old Bible scholars like F.F. F. Bruce, or it's some old book scholar that I was reading, a commentary, and he, he, he had a story to tell, a modern parable, and 
I'll tell it to you now and the best I can. It's, but it, it illustrates what we're talking about here, about the paraclete, the advocate, our counselor, our Holy Spirit. It's a story about um, a, a troubled youth growing up in a small town, a young man. He had always uh, been getting into trouble. Everybody knew this kid as, as the, 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 <laughs> the problem child in, in town. You know, small town, he had a reputation. From the time he was young, he was just causing trouble. You know, started out when he was little, getting sent to the principal's office. But before long, the, you know, the, the sheriff and the deputies, they were involved. He'd, he'd get, get, him, get himself in trouble. And uh, as he got older, you know, it's one thing when you're young and, but people's, the town, their patience wore thin and his crimes became more serious. And finally the day came where he, he committed some type of a crime that, that, well, that was the last straw. It was, it was serious. It was time for him to, to face up and as, as a young man, not as a boy, but as a young man, faces crimes and <clears throat> the, the concern around town was that things were getting out of control and someone was going to get hurt. So sure enough, he, he got picked up <clears throat> by, the, by the police, thrown in the jail, and they brought him to stand before the judge. And um, this was it. <clears throat> and everybody knew. And so uh, many people in the town showed up, people who he had hurt over the years and and they were there to see the judge finally throw the book at him. And he was assigned um, a defense attorney. Of course, he couldn't afford one. So one was, you know, assigned to him. The boy had no idea who this, this man was. It was tasked with defending him. But the boy knew that he was a, a defenseless case. He knew he was guilty. He walked into the courtroom that day, hanging his head, sensing all the eyes looking disdainfully <clears throat> at him. And he, he met his, his attorney and, you know, they had some discussion ahead of time. And so the judge enters the room and uh, the proceedings begin. Witnesses come forward. Uh, the charges are brought. All of his crimes are, are recited once again. Going back through the years, people are brought forward to testify, <clears throat> to demonstrate this pattern that was growing worse and worse. And so finally it was time for his attorney to, um, to step up and, and, and plead his cause, defend him if that was possible. <laughs> And he stood up and began to speak. And um, the, the young man was a bit surprised to hear the attorney begin to, to tell his life story, not the, to tell the, the life story of, of the young man who was on trial. And he was thinking, how does this guy know my story? And he began to tell the judge and, and everyone in the courtroom about how this young man grew up as a boy and his troubled home and the broken home that he came from and the, the just the, the terrible situation that he 
that he grew up in. And the young man thought how he knew, you know, how, how the attorney knew these details. He had no idea. But he told his story in a, in a way that was quite compelling. It, it was the truth, actually. And you could feel the temperature in the room began to, to cool a little bit as, as, as these stories were shared. And if it was somehow a, 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 a bit of compassion was, was there in the room as these stories were told about his troubled upbringing. And he went on and on, talking about this young man. And, 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 and then he began to convince, try to convince the judge. He said, look, this, this young man has had no one to mentor him, <clears throat> to take him under their wing, to counsel him, guide him, discipline him, teach him, encourage him. And <clears throat> the, att- the attorney shocked the boy and, and, and everyone in the room when he said, I am prepared to do that. If you will give him another chance, I am prepared to adopt him, to teach him, to show him the right way. I will pay back anyone he has robbed over the years. I will make, we will make it right. And as he went on and on, you know, the, the boy, he began to feel, feel tears warming his eyes. And he, as he wiped them away, he He felt a bit ashamed, but he looked around the room and saw that he wasn't the only one wiping tears. And he thought maybe he even saw a tear in the judge's eye. And then he began to hear the the attorney, something changed as he addressed the judge. Instead of calling him your honor, he began to say, Dad, Father, you got to hear me. We need to give this boy a chance. And and the the young man realized that the judge was the father of of, of his defense attorney. The judge had assigned his own son to plead this case. And he began to feel hope in this hopeless situation that perhaps, perhaps if if this man says that I'm worthy of a second chance, and if, if if, if my attorney's is the son of the judge, maybe I have a chance. Maybe I can make a new start if he will be with me from now on. Of course, this is our story. Jesus, our advocate, the Holy Spirit, our counselor, God, our merciful judge, giving us every opportunity, standing at our right hand, putting his arm around us, This is the message of the Bible. This is our God. This is who He is. He is with you. He is at your right hand, not to condemn, but to help, to be your counselor. There's one last thing I want to share with you. It's from Philippians chapter 2. I hope this encourages you. But I also hope it does something else for you. I hope it motivates you. Paul tells us in Philippians chapter 2, verse 1, If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion 
then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. This this message today of, of God being with, with us, standing in our right hand, it, it is a message of great encouragement and comfort, as it says here. It says, if you have any encouragement or comfort, if any common sharing in the Spirit, see, we share in His Spirit. God is with us. God is within us. Our advocate, our paraclete, our counselor, standing at our right hand. So it says, if you have any encouragement, comfort from this, be like-minded. Have that same love. Will we stand at the right hand of those in need in our lives around us? Will we be like God, like Jesus, like our Holy, the Holy Spirit? Will we be those who come and stand at the right hand of others? There's there's someone in your church who needs you, who needs someone to come and stand alongside of them right now. There's someone in your community, around you, around your, your sphere, that it needs someone to be that paraclete, to, to a spirit-filled person to come and do that for them, to stand at their right hand. Will we be those who stand at the right hand of those in need? Or will we be lost in our own troubles? Too busy, too caught up, too distracted, Church, I hope that you are encouraged. I hope that you are comforted. God is with you, standing at your right hand. May that encourage you and comfort you. And may we go and stand at the right hand, come alongside of others in the name of Jesus. We'll see you next time. Stay. A God is good, His name is great, hallelujah.